today on It's Time. If it isn't in God's Word, I've always found wisdom. If God's silent on it, wise to be silent. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 2 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. This is one of the greatest things that we as Christians have is that we have another perspective other than our own. Now, the world tries to get it by calling their friends, you know, looking to Ann Landers, uh, you know, uh, Ouija boards, tarot cards, your daily fortune. You're a Scorpio. Don't do any bad business deals today. Tomorrow, just waste it all. But today, don't do any bad. I mean, you look at the goofy advice that you get in the world. It's scary. But God, who knows all things, who sees all things from every angle, not just ours, not just from your friends, but God sees every angle. He begins to bring in wisdom. My dad always said an interesting thing. He said, when you've got a problem and you don't know what to do, he said, pray and think in every possible way it can be solved. He said, even the goofy ways. Because sometimes between the goofy and the way you think is that spark of God that will give you the unction to do and get the job done. That's really important. Looking at circumstances of life in a different light. See, people of the world don't have that. The only perspective they have is their own. I did it my way. You know, Frank Sinatra kind of dude. I don't want to do it my way. Because I'll tell you something, friends. I have found there's a lot better ways to do things than the way we do it. I remember one time I broke off a fitting, a hose fitting, a pipe fitting in, 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 a, in the plumbing. And it was broke off. I mean, I could see it. And I, and, and I looked at that and I'm thinking, how am I going to get that out of there? And I started thinking about tearing all the stuff all the way back, how to get it out. And I'm looking at it. I'm fretting and I'm saying, God, how am I going to do this? This is, this is going to take forever to fix. A friend of mine came over. And he looked at it and he goes, what's the matter? And I said, oh, I, I broke this pipe nipple off in the in, the, in the, the fitting, I don't know how to get it out. He goes, oh, that's easy. And he took a hacksaw blade, and he hacksawed inside the hole. He hacksawed it, then hacksawed the other side, took a screwdriver, went bink, bink, fell out. And I went, wow, am I glad you came along today. What did I learn? Well, I noticed a different perspective can change everything in your life. Get God's perceptive of anything that is going on. Consider what I say 
And may the Lord give you understanding in all things. If you like to underline things in your Bible, this is a good verse to understand. And may God give you understanding in all things. Isn't that weird that it isn't just spiritual things? See, sometimes we always take our Christianity and think, well, it just applies to my spiritual life. No, it applies to every aspect of your life. Why is that? Because we're a composite being. Yes, I am a spiritual being, but I'm also a physical being living in a material world. You probably heard that song. So how do I respond in a material world? That I have God's understanding in all things. Not just my perception, but God's as well. So important. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David... Now, the reason why it says this, friends, of the seed of David is speaking that Jesus Christ was a man. I think that's important. We always must always remember that. But notice also was raised from the dead, which would make him God. So he was a man. He was also God. According to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains... But the word of God is not chained. In fact, you'll find a lot of these dualistic ideas. He'll say, for which I am chained, but God is not chained. Okay? And I like that. So though there may be limitations in my life, Paul says, God is not limited. Always remember that. I may have limitations, but God does not have limitations. And God has supernatural ways to break the chains. Always remember, we have a miracle-working God. Now, real important. Somebody asked me one time, well, why was God such a God of miracles in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we don't see any miracles today? Well, most people today don't live close enough to the edge to need a miracle. Why, I don't need a miracle. I've got my Visa card. <laughs> That's my miracle right there. You know what I'm saying? Well, sometimes money doesn't give you the miracle you need. You know, if you've got a broken heart, you've... By the way, our hearts can break over a lot of things. Maybe you ask somebody to marry you, they turn you down. Maybe your kids are sick. Maybe your parent died. There's a lot of things that can break our heart that money doesn't fix. Well, God is the one that fixes those things. And I look at this and I realize that because God can fix anything, I need to remember that though I might be chained in my heart in some way, God is not chained. God can do things. So I just say, okay, God. And by the way, when you pray and you find yourself in a pickle, you find yourself in a chain, you find yourself at the end of your ability to fix the problem, by the way, two things happen. One, if you're not a Christian, that's when a lot of people find Jesus. Because you've exhausted Every one of your manipulative little things you can do, you've ran every credit card up to the max, 
And it is not within you to solve the problem that you have. That's when people go, God, help me. Yeah, you got it. But sometimes we as Christians forget that too. And you know, we said, I've said this to God. Well, God, if you love me, why do I got to go through this? You could just, you know, you could just do something, you know, wiggle your head or something, make it all better. And God says, well, I could. But then you wouldn't learn to trust me. See, you'd be trusting in the miracle, not in me. Oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. That it isn't a miracle I need. I need you. Big difference. Because we can be, in, we can be recipients of a miracle, but not know God. Case in point, Jesus getting late in the day. 5,000 men. We don't know how many women and children were there. And the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, send the people away that they may go into the village and get something to eat. You know, they can go to McDonald's. Wherever they go. They're going to go somewhere to get something to eat. Send them in there. And Jesus looked at him and said, you give them something to eat. <laughs> and one of the disciples said, a year's worth of labor wouldn't be enough to feed all these people. All we have here is a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. But what is that amongst so many? Jesus said, bring it to me. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it out into baskets, had the people sit down, gave it out into baskets, and fed them all. Here's the point. The 5,000 men unknown women and children, so maybe a crowd of at least 10,000, maybe more, were all recipients of the blessing, of the miracle. But only the 12 recognized that it was God. You know, I, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a big crowd of people before. I have been. And, and uh, like you go to a, like a football game or, you know, a f- baseball, and you get about 10,000 people in a crowd, I'll tell you, you lose track of reality real quick. All they know is here comes another basket of food, all you can eat, fish and chips, all right. But those close to Jesus knew something really fishy was going on with the fish. He recognized there was something really weird that was going on. And that's the way it is. People around us will always experience the miracle of God, but it's only those who are close to Jesus know the reason for the miracle. That's what God does. That's why he does it. You see, those that were close to Jesus knew what was going on. I suppose probably the people in the crowd thought Jesus had a big cave of food someplace, and they just kept sending a disciple over to get more. People can experience the miracles of God, but not know God. So when God puts something in our life that is hard, it isn't because he doesn't love us, but it's to show us. And again, when Jesus looked at the disciples and said, you give them something to eat. (laughs) Wow, how's that work? That's, and, and, you know, he said, but what is that amongst so many? Well, you've got to add the God factor in. 
Always. Has to always be that way. So though I may be chained, Paul says, the word of God is not chained. Therefore, oh, there's another one of those. I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Again, not just uh, having God's perspective to see us, our issues of our life from his eyes, but also everlasting life, friends. That's only God. What you're going to do when your heart gives out? See, what a, what a dead person needs is life. And Jesus is the only known cure for death in the entire world. So, that we not, might on, not only obtain salvation, but also eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. If we died with him, and some people say that this was actually a song that the early church sang. That this was actually the lyrics, like they would put it up on a overhead projector. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Pretty serious uh, uh, statement here. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. This almost goes back to though I'm chained, God isn't chained. If we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And by the way, Jesus said this also. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. If we're faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Though, you know, sometimes when, as Christians, we do what we do and we run out of faith. And friends, sometimes we run out of faith. God's always faithful. I like that. Remind them of these things, charging them, therefore, before the Lord, not to strive without words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearer. You know, I've heard so many people debate crazy stuff in the church. It always is amazing to me the amount of time people will spend on things that don't matter. Sometimes we'll have people ask, well, in the book of Revelation, it says the seven thundered, uttered their voices, and John said, I was told not to write down what the seven thunders uttered. So what did the seven thunders utter will be the question all we will get. And I go, I don't know. Why is that? Because John didn't know, didn't reveal to me. I don't know what it is. There's a lot of things that people will major on that are minor issues and a lot of things that are, that are minor issues that they make some great big thing out of. Uh, like I say, if it isn't in God's word, I've always found wisdom. If God's silent on it, wise to be silent. He says... Not to strive about words of no profit. By the way, when you're sharing your faith with somebody, don't be afraid to close the deal. In other words, when you feel an unction from the Holy Spirit as you're sharing faith with somebody and you're talking about life and death or whatever it might be, and you'll feel this unction from God in you saying, ask them if they want to receive me as Savior. We keep chattering. And talking, and talking, and talking. 
When you feel that unction from God as you share faith, say, would you like to receive Jesus as your Savior? Because the devil has convinced us they're automatically going to say no. And it is so mind-blowing when they say yes. Do you want to pray right now? Yes. Let's pray. Close the deal. Be a deal closer. You know, when, when, when you've shared your faith, when they understand who Jesus Christ is, don't be afraid to say, do you want to re- receive Jesus right now? Now, if they say, well, I'm not sure, or I don't know, or not now, well, then that's when you can talk some more. Well, let me ask you, do you want another 10 years like you just had? If you died tonight, would you go to heaven? You, there's all kinds of of. of things that you can share with somebody that is teetering on the fence of receiving Christ. So one of the things we want to do then, but when the person, and you see that they're, they're into what you're saying and they're intent on what you're saying, close the deal. Don't wait. Because here's the thing. Well, come back tomorrow. That person may never live till tomorrow. So you've got to do what you can do today. Be diligent. To present yourself approved to God, a workman not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a workman not to be ashamed. That's what we want to be as Christians. We want to be somebody that rightly divides the word of God. Now again, we have to look. And and, and somebody asked one time, well, how do you do that? Well, when we read the Bible... First of all, we have to realize, who is it written to? Why was it written? What purpose is the outcome of what was written for? Now, again, we look at these things, and then to get the verse in context, and I use the 2020 rule, always known as perfect vision. 20 verses before, 20 verses after, is going to give you the context of the verse. That's why it's so important that we take things and rightly divide the Word of God. In other words, that, well, the Word of God says that God told Noah to build an ark. If you're a true believer in God, every one of you will start on working on your arks tomorrow. That is not rightly dividing the Word of God. Who was it said to? It was said to Noah. Why? His generation was evil. God told him that he was going to destroy the world with a flood. Noah took God at his word. Rightly dividing, but then there's other places that we find in the scripture, whosoever will may come. If you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that isn't speaking of a one of Noah instance. That is speaking to everyone for God so loved the world. So when we understand that, that's rightly dividing the word of God. Who is it said to? Why was it said? What is the outcome? And see, that's why sometimes God had specialized commands for individuals. God's not told me to go to Jerusalem and preach to the Jewish brethren. But evidently, Paul felt that God did tell him to do that, and so he went. But God has told everyone to repent, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Rightly dividing the word of God. How do you know? Read your Bible. That's what's going to make the difference. See, that's how we learn. That's how we're conditioned to know. But he says, 
But shun profane and vain babblings, for they increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Hermenius and Peleus are of this sort. Now, something weird here, just real quick, <laughs> that, that they were mentioned in 1 Timothy five years before, and these dudes were still out doing their destruction. It's funny that people that are bent on being weird sometimes stay that way. We need not to ever be like that. They have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, of sound foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone whose name names the name of Christ depart from sin or iniquity. What's the word to do? Sin never does us good. Sin only hurts us. But I don't have the strength to stop the sin that I like to do. Well, it's because you don't see what it's doing to you. Again, God's perspective. God gives us the perspective. Oh, you mean if I keep drinking the way I've been drinking... I'm going to possibly end up with liver cancer? Very possibly. Do you think if I keep drinking the way I'm drinking, I could turn into an alcoholic? Yes. But see, without God's insight, we'll keep doing that because we think that the repercussions or the, the fruition of the lifestyle we've lived, well, that just bothers other people. It don't bother me. Well, God's perspective. You see, that's what causes us to repent, seeing it, God's way. Always remember, God's got the best for you, as as we started today. You therefore, my son, be strong in grace, that goodness of God that is in Christ Jesus. And what is that grace that God gives us? Everything you need. I like that. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I'd like to invite you to consider Jesus. Because after all, that is what's important. Getting God's forgiveness in our life. Getting God's perspective. See, before we're a Christian, we wouldn't appreciate God's perspective anyway. (laughs) After all, the only perspective that matters is mine. God says, you're seeing it wrong. And when we see things from God's way, we go, oh, I get it. This morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray. And you can ask Christ to come in your life. Say, God, I want your perspective. I want my sins forgiven. You see, our sins are what blind... In fact, the Bible says our sins are what blind us to the reality of God working in our life. The Bible says that when we repent, we say, okay, God, I'm sorry of the foolish way I've lived. I want to live for you. And God says, turn on the lights. And we're no longer, the Bible says, in darkness. We're going to pray. If you like to pray... Pray this. God will change your life. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I am sorry that I've lived my life so selfishly. So come into my life. Let my heart see it your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me. Thank you for eternal life. And that every day I can live in you. 
so I commit the rest of my life into your hands. Forgive me of my past in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.